I mean, what was that slam? Right? Like, what? What was that? What was that? And I honestly, I can't even, I can't keep a straight face. What occurred tonight? What, what, what were those events that occurred? I mean, just what was the slate? The, you knew this was going to happen, right? Chalk Thunder slate. I warned everyone. I was like, this is going to happen. It happened. I mean, I don't even know what to say. And I'm still going to have a good night. There is so much I could, oh my goodness. Like, what, what, what is life? What is life? So, let's go over my life. I went to a Trey Young, Kristaps, Porzingis pairing. Well, that started off amazing, right? Trey Young, smash, Porzingis at no ownership, absolutely smashes. I told people on Patreon, I'm playing an unowned Shaden Sharp. I was going for the blowout script. The game did blow out. He was actually fine for value. I ate chalk Aaron Wiggins. Well, uh, that went about as well as you think it would go, right? He got benched. It's just like literally the least surprising thing that happens. And the Thunder find a way to play 13 guys somehow. Right. <laughs> Dario Saric, six minutes. This one, I, I knew what I was getting into with the Thunder. Six minutes, six minutes. Averaging mid-teens with a fully healthy team. Couple guys out. Better believe he's getting those minutes cut in half. Six minutes for Dario Saric. How did they know? How did the Nikola Jokic faders know that Denver would lose by 40 at home to the Chicago Bulls? And Jokic wouldn't play full minutes in a smash spot. 7%. I just, I don't understand how the faders knew. How do they know? I luckily had a Newsman Jang. Um, I felt he was going to play either way, but would close in a blowout. He did close in a blowout. So we talked about a lot in the Patreon stream. I was like, take a stand, right? You're playing for a competitive game. You go Giddy. You know, you go Dort. You go Joe. You go Wiggins. If you're playing for a blowout, you know, you look to Jang. You look to Trey Mann. Um, and if you went the blowout direction, you probably won a lot of money. I kind of went like the in-between. I still felt like Wiggins and Saric could still put up decent performances in limited time. But uh, the answer was no, because Saric didn't even play and Wiggins got benched. It's like, again, you knew this was going to happen, right? Like Chalk, Oklahoma City Thunder. I warned everyone. I, was like, I, I hate this slate. I hate this slate. And I'm still going to have a good night. If Westbrook keeps it going, I might have a great night, right? There's not a lot of people that have guys left in this game. So I'm probably still going to move up a bit unless Westbrook gets benched, which I guess could always happen. But I'm still cashing the slate. This is is one of the lowest scoring slates of the year. I'm at 239 with one player to go in the fourth quarter, and I'm still easily cashing. So if Westbrook has a decent fourth quarter, like I might have like a four or five X night, which is like, how? Like, looking at that lineup, like, how? 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 So, I just, Jokic, or Luka gets injured, I take his over, prize picks, injured. It's just, come on. Ingram gets injured. What? Like, what is this? What was this slate? Gotta be one of the worst slates of the season, right? You get chalk OKC, you get all these injuries, you get all these blowouts. 
If I just full stacked Atlanta Washington, I would have won. Um, should just full stack the game. So yeah, that's the recap of everything. Um, it's still going to be a good night for me. I don't know how, but it is. Um, yeah, I, I just I don't understand the events that occurred. I literally don't. I do not understand what happened tonight. <laughs> what happened? Right? I don't know. Well, that's the recap, guys. Uh, the sponsor is Prize Picks. Again, make sure to use the code DKDFS for 100% match up to $100. I'll have a free video up after this talking about a couple of player pops I like. Uh, Dar- Darius Garland pushed his assist, and Jokic was going to hit his over rebounds 12 and a half. But oh, yeah, the Nuggets lost by 50, and he didn't play in the f- his full fourth quarter minutes. I don't understand. I don't understand. But when I take unders on players, double overtime. Overs, massive blowouts of the ran. No, 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 no. Somehow, going to be a good night for me. I don't know how, but let's move on to this slate. Six games, hopefully it'll be better. We got a lot of questionable players in these games too. So, yeah, it's it's late season NBA. This is this is what it comes down to, right? So, we're, we're all look crazy for playing, but, I mean, there's, there's no way I'm missing any of these slates. Like, there's no way. I'm playing everyone um, ready for pain. All right, Utah and Orlando. So Utah, we got Clarkson and we got Kessler status both up in the air. Last game with those two guys out, you saw the starting lineup of THT, uh, Lori Markin, Olenek, uh, Ochi Obachi, and Fettuccini Alfredo. Uh, and I still felt like with all those guys out for Utah, like still felt like they ran a deep rotation. The starters didn't play massive minutes. I don't, it just always feels that way. But Lori Markin did still play 39 minutes. I mean, he is the go-to guy. If, if both Kessler and Clarkson are out, the ceiling is pretty high in him. THT and Olenek would also look better. You saw 34 minutes for THT last game. The minutes have not been amazing on Olenek. Like, he's kind of hovering that high 20s to low 30s minute range, but he'll be productive when he's on the court. Chris Dunn should get good run as the backup point guard, probably mid-20s. Ochi Abachi dealt some foul trouble, only played 26 minutes. Would think he would play more. He's not the best point-per-minute guy, but he should play a lot here. Benicini Alfredo played a good amount, but he is just horrific as far as point per minute goes. You saw some Rudy Gay. You saw some Damian Jones, some JTA, the UCLA legend, Johnny Juzag. It's like, oh my gosh, is this disgusting. Um, if Clarkson and Kessler are both in, then there's really not a ton I like on the, on the Utah side. A lot of these guys are priced up. So it probably would be close to stay away from me if both Clarkson and Kessler are in. Like, could you get to Kessler and Clarkson themselves? Sure. But yeah, it would it would not be not be ideal. On the Orlando side, so just Walter Carter Jr. is out. You got Gary Harris back. Uh, Mo Wagner's five point five. I expect him to start. He did not close the game last game, which was a bit tilting because he was absolutely smashing. So I think he's a decent play in the mid range, but a little bit concerned they did not close that last game. Paulo Bancaro at seven point nine feels a little pricey. Markel Fultz six four feels priced about right. Still provides a ceiling, but he's kind of up and down. Franz Wagner, that price is right to me. Cole Anthony and Suggs should lose some minutes with Gary Harris back. 5-3 for Cole Anthony feels a bit pricey. 4-3 for Suggs, probably a little bit easier to get to. But he should, again, lose a little bit of minutes with Gary Harris back. I expect Gary Harris to, to start, probably play mid-20s minutes. He's always like playable as a low-owned value play, but he has to hit his shots to get there. You saw some run for Goga Bataze last game. He played 20 minutes. I don't know if that happens again, but he's cheap. I can't play Caleb Houston, so that's Orlando. Uh, let's move out of Houston and Indiana. So once again with Houston, the question is, can the game stay competitive? If the answer is yes, there's going to be some intriguing plays here because Houston ran a pretty tight rotation when the game was competitive. So 
My boy Shingun, like he would have played a bit more if the game did not blow out. Um, like the matchup for him, like his ceiling. But again, the question is, can Houston keep it close? Jalen Green's floor plus ceiling goes up with Kevin Porter Jr. off the court. I expect him to do a bit more of the ball handling. So I think he's a really good play here if you think Houston keeps it close. Cage Martin, Jabari Smith, these guys should see 30 plus minutes. Um, I think they're both reasonable plays. My boy Tari Eason been playing a bit more off the bench. We know he's a good point per minute guy, but I don't love the 5.6K price. I would guess that Jay Sean Tate probably moves in the starting lineup. If that's the case, I think he's a decent value. I think they'll start Green, Tate, um, Martin, Jabari Smith, and Shingoon. Don't know if I can get to anyone else, though, off the bench. Like, I think Tar Eason would probably be the only guy I would consider off the bench. So on the Indiana side, it's a phenomenal matchup. It really is. So like, I like the ceiling on Halliburton. I like the ceiling on Turner. I like the matchup for them a lot. But can Houston keep it close? I don't know. Buddy Heald is always like a fine... Miller played in the mid-range. His minutes have not been great, though, of late. Even in competitive games, like he's only playing high-20s minutes. Matherin feels price right. I don't think I get to McConnell. If there's no Naismith, Noir is fine, but he didn't really get a minutes bump. He actually played less minutes. Like, this is this is Indiana for you. No Naismith, he starts, plays less minutes. Like, it just, you didn't, Rick Carlisle, man. Like, you just, you don't know what's going to happen. I, I, cannot, I cannot tell you what's going to happen in this rotation, Duarte's been playing a bit more. He's 3.9. If you want to consider Nemhard, sure. If you want to mess with the backup center rotation, be my guest. Um, I will not be doing that in this slate. Charlotte and Detroit. So, Rozier's 8.2. I like the matchup for him. He should play a ton of minutes. I don't think he's a priority, though. Kelly Oubre, 7.5. Also should play a lot. Feels priced about right, though. As is Gordon Hayward. There's no, no one in the starting lineup I love. Hayward had the big game last game. That was a bit of an outlier. Peter Washington in the, in the low 6K range. Like, that's... Feels right. Mark Williams probably sees 25 to 30 minutes. 6K is like, okay. I don't know. It's like, I feel like I should like more on Charlotte, but the price points are just up on a lot of these guys. DSJ will see minutes off the bench. You'll see Richards playing the backup five. He's 3.6. He's not a bad point per minute guy, but yeah, like I think, I think the main guys are fine, but I don't think there's anything that like I love on Charlotte and the Detroit side. I mean, this is just, this is just a mess, man. This is just, this is your late season NBA, right? McDonavich still out, Stewart still out, Diallo out, Burks out. You do have Duran and Killing Hayes expected back. Starting lineup should be Hayes, should be Ivy, should be Livers, probably Magruder and like one of the bigs. I just, it's just, maybe you see two bigs, maybe you see like two of the three of Duran, Wiseman, Bagley in the starting lineup with like Ivy. Hayes and like one of the wings of like Livers or Magruder. Um, so, with Hayes and Durham back, I want to make sure there's no limitations. I don't think there'll be a limitation on Hayes. He only missed a couple games that hand injury. So, Hayes at 5-4, Ivy at 6-9. I like the matchup for them. Uh, Ivy's floor, though, gets a lot lower with Kaelin Hayes in the lineup. The bigs, I want to see the starting lineup. I don't think I can play 6.8K Bagley unless he starts. Wiseman at 5-7, mm, Durham at 5K. If he starts, is fine. But he's also been out for a few weeks, so there might be some sort of a limit there. So, Nothing I love on the bigs. I mean, Livers probably plays a good chunk of minutes. He's just not going to be super productive with the minutes. Magruder, if he starts, I guess is playable, but he's also awful point per minute. Corey Joseph should see some backup point guard run, but he's 4.5, so I don't think I can get to him. So, yeah, Pistons with Hayes and Duran back, not as appealing as they have been in previous slates. Golden State and Memphis, so we got a lot of guys probable. Kaminga, Looney, the absolute dust of Andre Iguodala has been out for years. Steph Curry at 10-5, I like his ceiling. I expect him to play normal mids, played 35 minutes last game, so he's always a good tournament play. 
play in pool feel a bit pricey with Steph back. Draymond Green is always like just fine in this like low 6K range. A guy that can stuff the stat sheet probably will play low, low 30s minutes. Even Chenzo 5'8", kind of the same thing with Draymond. He's just like a reasonable play. Don't know if I can get to Kamingo or Looney. I'm definitely not touching Iguodala. So that's Golden State on the Memphis side. Um, still no Joss, still no Steven Adams. Tyus Jones' price went up a bit. I still think he's a little bit too cheap. I know he didn't have the best game last game, but I think he should be about a 7 to 8K player. So I still like Tyus Jones. I expect him to play mid-30s minutes in an up-tempo game. I mean, Bain didn't score until like five minutes to go in the fourth. Like, what was that from him? So that might keep the ownership low, but his ceiling goes up without uh, Ja, as it does with Jared Jackson Jr. So I like the ceiling of both of them. However, the minutes were not amazing on either Xavier Tillman should start, should play 30 to 35 minutes. I think he's a reasonable play. Dylan Brooks at 4.8, only played 27 minutes. That's a little bit concerning, but he'll shoot a lot when he's out there, right? He shot 17 times. He just didn't make any of the shots. That's Dylan Brooks for you. Aldamo, see rotation minutes, as will Kennard, as will Conchar, but I don't think I'm going to get to anyone off the bench. Brooklyn and Milwaukee. So it's like, really? Really? And this is late season NBA for you. No Dinwiddie, no Claxton, no Cam Johnson, no Ben Simmons, no Royce O'Neal. On the road against probably the best team in the NBA. That's a blowout risk here. But I think the starting lineup will be Cam Thomas, Seth Curry, Dorian Finney-Smith, Mikel Bridges, and Nerlens Noel. That's what I think will start. Um, so... If you think the Nets can somehow keep this game competitive, you can definitely look to Mikel Bridges, who's been smashing, but there is just massive blowout risk here. I think my favorite play in Brooklyn probably is Cam Thomas. I'm pretty sure he's going to start. I think he's blowout proof. He's going to play big minutes either way, in my opinion. I really like Cam Thomas. Dorian Finney-Smith is fine. Again, though, he's one of the guys where if the game blows out, he's going to get pulled. Um, Seth Curry, I think, starts. I guess it be him or Joe Harris. Whoever starts between the two I probably would prefer. I like to see him a little bit more, though, with Seth Curry. I'm assuming it's narrow ones in a while it starts. He was over in over Dayron Sharp last game. So I think he starts. If he does, I like him at 3-3. I think Dayron Sharp will get the backup center minutes. He's a good point per minute guy. If you think this game blows out, which is a very good chance it does, he will play in the blowout. So Sharp really intrigues me for GPPs. You'll see some Patty Mills in the rotation. You'll see some Watanabe probably. Um, but I think if you're playing for that like blowout narrative, I think the first guy that would be that I would look to would probably be Dayron Sharp. And again, I think Cam Thomas will play either way. Like, I think he'll play in a competitive game, and I think he'll play in a blowout, too. So he's probably my favorite play in Brooklyn. On the Milwaukee side, well, there's massive blowout risk here. But if you think the game somehow stays competitive, you can certainly look to Giannis at 11-9, who, in a competitive game, I would expect him to play normal minutes. But a lot of these guys are overpriced from when Giannis and Drew were out. So I don't think I can get to Middleton. I don't think I can get to Lopez or Portis or Carter or Ant. Like, these guys' price all went up from when Giannis and Drew were out. So it's basically Giannis for me, and that's it. And finally, the Knicks and the Kings. So once again, we got Jalen Brunson questionable. However, you do have a lot of these secondary guys priced up. So even if Brunson's out, these guys are no longer like absolute smash plays like quickly, like Barrett. I, the answer is yes. Like I am still on full tilt mode from this Randall game. 30 fantasy points in 35 minutes against the Hornets. I just don't understand how that happens. I really don't. But this is another really good matchup. If there's no Randall, or if there's no Brunson, you got to have Anderson Randall. If Brunson's out, you should get quickly starting and playing a ton of minutes. He only played 35 minutes, of course, when I buy in. When I fade, 75 minutes and 100 fantasy points, right? When I buy in, no way. Season low minutes when he starts for Brunson. Just very, very typical. 
RJ Barrett gets a usage bump if there's no Brunson, but his price is up to 7K. Mitchell Robinson, always a guy you could look to for GPPs. Josh Hart probably plays a bit more if there's no um, if there's no Brunson. If Brunson's in, I think Quickly's out of play. I think Barrett and Hart are probably out of play. I would still have Anderson Brunson to Randall. Still have some Anderson Mitchell Robinson. But yeah, Brunson news is huge for the Knicks. Finally, the Kings, not necessarily the best matchup, but I think Sabonis and Fox are reasonable spend-ups. You should get mid-30s minutes from both in a competitive game. Herter, Barnes, Murray, you know, one of these guys probably gets benched. You saw the massive game from Herter last game, but we just know, like, usually whichever one of these wings is struggling will get benched, but they're all fine filler plays. Blake Monk got actually benched with De'Aaron Fox out last game, which is just like, come on, man, like, you can't do that. Still has a ceiling. Trey Lyles will see rotation minutes. He's fine. He's played well in his minutes, to be honest. I'm not getting to Davion Mitchell, though. I can't stomach Matthew Dellavedova or anyone else. So that is the Kings, and that is the slate. So we are officially in late-season NBA, which, to be honest, even though it's chaos, I love it. I think this is where we get the biggest edge of the last you know, couple months of the season. Um, like usually the last week or two of the NBA season is when I am the most profitable. Like the last last year, I had two takedowns to end the year. Like the last two slates of the year, I had two massive days. So I personally love the chaos. I think it's the edge increases, but it's definitely stressful. It's definitely stressful and you gotta be by your phone all night long. So appreciate you guys for watching as always. Good luck and uh, we'll see you in the next one.